Welcome back to another episode, another chance, another opportunity to talk on the podcast, the Survival Toolbox Podcast. This is yours truly, Elder Richard Pittman Jr., and I am so very excited to get into what the Lord has given me for this particular podcast. I thank you for your support. I thank you for your time, and I thank you for your patience with me. We are on a roll. We're going to keep rolling with the podcast. We're going to keep going with the episodes. I'm excited because I know that God is an ever-working God. He never sleeps. I know God is a God that sits high and he looks on low. I, I, I believe we serve a God that is able to do all things and that we can do all things through his son's name, Jesus Christ. I am glad for the blood that was shed. And I'm glad that he's gave you and me another chance at life. And because we have another chance, we have a chance at life with that more abundantly. Listen, um, I don't even want to belabor the moment. Let's get into it. What happens when you're stuck between Pharaoh and the Red Sea? What happens when you are stuck between Pharaoh and the Red Sea? What happens? When you are stuck between a rock and a hard place. See, many times um, we can sensationalize going through tough periods in our lives. And when I say sensationalize, uh, we tap into our emotions and our feelings so much that it's almost like we become numb to the reality of what it means to go through. And even sometimes when we read the Bible, we read so quickly or we don't understand the context that we have to understand some of the trials that some of these men and women went through in the Bible lasted for years And they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. It was just that the consistent mantra of what the Bible told us is that they believed God no matter what. See, one of the biggest pieces of information, biggest pieces of of contextualizing the Bible that I have received actually came from listening to a rapper named Andy Minio. And this is what really began me understanding faith from the opposite end. Most of us understand faith of like it's it's like it's in like faith is in a place where you can't question it like almost like it's 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 there's no conversation it's either you have faith or you don't either you got the mustard seed or you don't but the statement that was made is the opposite of faith 
isn't doubt. The opposite of faith isn't doubt. Because the opposite of faith is no faith. See, I've I've come to realize that doubting produces questions. Questions produce a conversation. And when you take that conversation to God, that allows God to show you who he is, which then in turn strengthens your faith in him when he shows you that he can be your all in all. Come unto me, all those who work and who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Have you considered that your doubt is a weight that you labor with? Definitely when you when you feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, no matter what it may be, should I move or should I stay? Should I go after the job or should I not? Should I go out? Should I stay in? Should I save the money? Should I spend the money? Should I invest it? Should I save it? There's so many different reasons, plots, plans, and context we can go through when you're between a rock and a hard place. But for those that want to adventure with me, what happens when you're between Pharaoh and the Red Sea? Have 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 we ever noticed that a lot of us have been between Pharaoh and the Red Sea? See, I I love that depiction more than a rock in a hard place because a rock is stagnant, it sits, needs something to, to move it. A hard place is just that, a place. Stagnant. You're not moving. But see, Pharaoh and the Red Sea, they're both moving objects. Water forever in motion, waves upon waves. Even a form of transportation. We can use water. You can use a boat. You can use uh, a, a canoe. You can use uh, pieces of, of solid material to get across to water. A place of movement, of transportation. And then you have Pharaoh and his army also moving in. And with the wrong mindset, you look at both and you'll say they both mean death. When you stare at the Red Sea and when you stare at Pharaoh, Pharaoh is coming down on you. And the Red Sea is just, it looks like you can go chase it. You can begin to swim across it, but even you know, I don't have the strength to get across that sea. I don't have the strength to withstand this test. If God doesn't send a miracle, I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of this. I've looked to the hills. I prayed fervently. I've allowed God to talk to me. I've talked about the good report. I know that all things work together. 
I know that if I keep my mind on him, that my mind is kept in perfect peace. However, I am human and I feel this very moment. I am stuck between a rock and a hard place. I'm stuck between Pharaoh coming down and I know he wants my life and this Red Sea. I am stuck. Exodus chapter 14. I'm only going to read the 13th verse. Now we're going to do this again. We are going to do this again. I know that we've already had this uh, conversation before. I know I've already used this scripture before. I know I've broken it down. But I want to sit on one point today. So I'm going to read it again. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Which he will show you. Today. For the Egyptians. Sorry about my watch. For the Egyptians. Whom ye have seen today. Ye shall see them again. No more. Forever. No more forever. Quickly as time goes by. When the Bible says stand still. This is where we get the majority of the time when you hear somebody say stand still and see the salvation. They're talking about Moses. And I just want to reiterate. That Pharaoh is coming not to capture he does not care at this particular time and fashion about capturing the children of Israel. Pharaoh has blood on his mind. He wants the lives. He wants to end everything for the children of Israel. There is no nice bone in his body. So you can only imagine from afar off, you see the kicking up of dust. You see the numbers of the army that is behind Pharaoh growing. As each horse and chariot climbs over a mountain, over hills, and as they come barreling down as one big black mob. If you want to go in my depiction, when you see something afar off, you don't necessarily see the colors, it just looks like dots. And that's why it looks like one big black mob. It's a form of dots. And you see this from afar off and you see this sea. Now, some people would give it a shot and jump into the sea. And just swim. Whether fit or unfit, you would jump in and just say, man, I'm not going back and you're not taking my life. Not that easy, at least. Other folks would look at Pharaoh, look at the sea and say, what is 
What is the use? Why am I doing this? And they accept that whatever is to come is going to happen and there's nothing that they can do about it. That's usually the decisions that you have to offer. Either you're going to stay there or you're going to swim. Which one? But on the contrary, you had a man that thought differently. See, in that moment, I can see where people are saying God didn't hear our prayer. I can see where people are saying God doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about me. I would understand if they said God must not be real. He 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 can't be real because if you if Moses said that we were delivered out of slavery and we get to the Red Sea and now we're about to die because we left off of a word from a God that we haven't met. And we don't know. And how do we know he's even real? And how do we know Moses ain't lost his mind? I can see. As you look at the impending doom coming down, I can see where they can begin to think to themselves. God's not real. And if he is real, he don't care about me. And if he does care about me, he answers too slow. See, there's one thing I like about the Bible. Because it addresses. It addresses. The very moment when you've done everything you possibly can do to stave away negativity, stave away all the pressures of life, stay away the anxiety, stave away the fear, stave away the 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 reactionary uh, 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 mindset that we have of trying to get back on our own two feet and uh, trying to stave away all the very things that keep us away from God. We're trying to stay at the Lord's feet. We're trying to listen to his word. We're trying to pray. We're trying to read. We're trying to fast. We're trying to go to church. In every way that we can, we're trying our best to stay with God. But as a human being, you feel. You feel when you are at your wits end, you know when you've said all you can say, when you've done all you can do, you prayed all you could pray, and you've asked for what you all could ask, and nothing seems to break. And in the Bible, what does the Bible say do in moments where you've done everything you possibly could have done? What does the Bible tell you to do? The contrary of what the world would say, the Bible says stand still. The Bible says stand still. Ephesians chapter 6. 
Some of you already know where I'm going with this. I'm going to start at the 10th verse. Finally, my brother, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Which means you're not supposed to be strong in your own understanding. You're not supposed to be strong in what you know you can do. You're not supposed to be strong in the advice that you could give yourself. You're supposed to be strong in what the Lord can provide you and what the Lord can do. Which, you guessed it, leaves you in a very vulnerable place. To know how to go get it, but to say, I'm going to wait on the Lord. For you to say, I'm going to go ahead and apply for that job. But I'm still waiting on the Lord. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and ask for it, but I'm still waiting on God. That if at any moment in time he switches the plan up, I leave what I was doing and follow him. Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that she may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Translated wiles just means schemes. You know, Satan has schemes plans strategies game plans to trip you up to slip you up to have you be stuck exactly where you are yeah that's how important you are that there's a scheme to stop you because if one gets loose you know what the bible says one will set 1000 to flight what happens when you let two get loose for the kingdom, will let 10,000 take flight. And that's how you multiply the ministry. That's kingdom math. So we put on the whole armor of God just to do what? Just to stand. To stand in the midst of the schemes of Satan. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world and it. And translated of this age, of this era, of this society. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. The spiritual wickedness is translated spiritual hosts. That's right. People have allowed principalities negative spirits Satan himself to enter through their bodies to control this very world and there are systems of the world spiritually that you are fighting against every time you open your mouth to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ you're fighting a war every day 
on your good days, you're fighting a war. On the eh days, you're fighting a war. And even on your bad days, you're fighting a war. And it's spiritual. So no, you can't lift your hands to swing on anybody. No, you can't grab a gun to get out of this. No, you no, you can't uh, 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 run around and barricade yourself in. You are in a spiritual war. And if you are not careful, if you're not careful, you'll expend your energy trying to physically handle something that takes a spiritual work. But see, this is why I like Ephesians 6. Because not only do we get a chance to be told that this is a spiritual war, but verse 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may able to withstand, in which withstand means resist, in the evil day, having done all to stand. Period. So put on the whole armor of God so you can resist in the evil day, in your down day, in the days you're not feeling so great. When you have done all you can to stand, then the next verse, so it's period. So when you've done everything else, the Bible says now you have to now you have to fight. Like you're in the middle of a fight. If you pray and it doesn't get fixed. Or if you fast and things are still lingering and persisting, you got to fight. Which doesn't mean that you wasn't already fighting. It means that now you have to persist. And in your persisting, this is what you mustn't forget. Let's get to the armor. In verse 14, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. See, this is this is important. This is very much so important to understand that when the Lord says stand still in your standing still in in the middle of your situation, there is still what the Bible has said would say works in progress because your faith is still moving. That's why I talked about movement, Pharaoh, army, the negative things, the impending doom is coming down on your life. It's not stopping. It's coming, whatever it may be, whether it be bills, whether it be health, whether it be family, whether it be job, whether it be location, whether it be, be your government, society, whatever it may be, impending doom is coming. You don't know how to fix it. And then, you know, you have opportunities. You have you have a way out. You have a transportation, but you just don't know how you're going to be able to navigate it, how to get through it, how to uh uh, uh, conduct yourself while you're in it, which is the Red Sea. So you're stuck between Pharaoh and the Red Sea. And so here we have that the Lord tells us, once you've done everything you can, put on the whole arm of God. And you have to fight. 
You have to open your mouth and you have to fight because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Life and death in the power of the tongue. I'm going to say it one more time. Life and death in the power of the tongue. And so you need to be careful that you read Proverbs 8.21. Because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. But people forget the next verse. And it says that they that enjoy it shall eat the fruits of it. So when you fight, you have to speak what is going to be, not what you see, but you have to speak what is going to be, how it's going to end, how it's going to turn, what's going to happen. That's what it means to stand still. It doesn't mean don't do anything. It means you fight. It means that you don't think of anything new. You sit where you are and you fight now, and then you let God be God. How did Moses fight? Moses lifted his head up to God and God told him, fear ye not. In the midst of impending doom of Pharaoh's army coming down, Moses lifted his head to the sky and God gave him the answer. So what's the answer in a time of a storm when you don't understand what to do? You need to stand still, put on the whole armor of God. You need to have on the the, the belt that girt, that, that is the truth and, and the, the, the shoes that is the preparation of peace. You need to have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword, which is the word of God, and then the shield of God, which is faith. You attack with the word. And you make sure you keep yourself protected by faith. Ain't it ain't it ain't it funny how God would put that? into the writer's hand to make sure that you fight with the word. So you have to fight. You need the word of God to fight. And when you begin to get weak, lean on your faith. Which then I would encourage you to go to Philippians 4, what it tells you when you begin to get into situations that aren't favorable to you, you don't like, think on the good report. Think on these things. Because they will help you. It will help you. And that's what I have to say. I know you may feel like you're in between Pharaoh and the Red Sea. You may feel like you're between a rock and a hard place. And you may even feel God's abandoned you. But see, we have to bring the entire situation into focus. God never leaves the believer God never forsakes the believer David said in himself I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seen his seed begging for bread we have the power in our tongue we have the armor that we need we have to put it on the Bible did not say that we need anybody else's help to put on this armor you have to put it on and when you put it on you fight and you proclaim and use the word of God and you use your faith. And so with that being said, I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray for those that feel like they are in. A place where they feel like Pharaoh is about to kill, he's about to take out everything they worked for, going to take them out. 
going to take out everything that they put forth effort towards, feel like they're never going to advance forward, that God doesn't hear them, that nothing's going to change. And every time I get here, every so often I get to this one spot, I always get stuck right here. And I'm in the midst of a, a house that has a glass ceiling and I can see past where I am, but I can't get past this certain hump. I'm praying that you would put on the armor of God. That you would understand that Pharaoh is nothing but a distraction trying to get you to focus on him instead of focus on God. Because had Moses focused on the distraction of Pharaoh coming, they would have died. But because Moses had faith in Jesus, excuse me, Moses had faith in God. Getting a little ahead of my time. Moses had faith in God enough to say, I'll wait on you. And God said, don't fear. Don't fear. I got this. God split the Red Sea, allowed Pharaoh's army to get in the middle of it and wash them up. You would never see them again is what the verse says. Exodus 14 and 13, read it for yourself. It says, whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more. And just for extra measure, forever. Let us pray, Father. We thank you for this and those who listen to the podcast who've made it to the end of the episode father we thank you because you did not have to do it father we sit right now in the place of uncertainty and we sit feeling like pharaoh is getting way too close for comfort and that this red sea is impossible for us to cross but god we know that if we were come unto you you told us that you'd give us rest but father we kept our mind on you we prayed and we fasted and God it seems like nothing is moving but Jesus we know that if we were to put our faith in you and if we were to be able to believe Proverbs 8 and 21 that life and death are in the power of the tongue and those that love it, we eat the fruit of it God we know that we speak life that this is not the end that I will not fall here that I will not be stuck here that this is the beginning that I will begin to change the mark on my life. I will begin to change the outlook on my life, that my perspective is different, that I, that we will be better, that we will have more, that we are healed, that we are financially stable, that we do have opportunity, that we will have the upgrade, that we will, that we, we will have the promotion. God, we thank you because everything in the word is true. And we know that the word is God. So we thank you for what you've done for where you're bringing us and what's going on right now because we believe that no matter what happens that you are the almighty and so we call this done in faith that the situations that we are going through you are going to open up the red sea for us that you are going to show the way forward for us that we will not be left desolate broken down and beat up by the wayside to be examples of what God couldn't do. But we know that you are the alpha and the omega, that you are the beginning and the end, that what the world says about you is false, that we know that we've seen the glory of the Lord many times in our lives. And although in these moments that we want to give up, we know that you've been too good for us to walk away from you, that you've been too great for us to forget about the magnificent things you've done for each and everybody that's listening under the sound of my voice, that it's too hard for us to to give up but we know that all things work together even in my down season it works together and we wait on the latter rain that you promised for those that will believe in you and so we thank you so much 
for all that you've done for us, for the rain that had come down that would soak up all those dry places that would have been left desolated. Hope has escaped us, Father. To lead us and guide us like you did Gideon, God. Allow us to be encouraged like you did for John on the island of Patmos, Father, because you are everything. You are our all in all. There is nothing that is too hard for you. There's not an illness that you cannot heal. There's not a sickness that you cannot take, uh, take away from us, God. There's not a hurt that you can't mend. Father, allow us to see that you are everything that we need. You are the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And we know that in the blood of Jesus Christ that we have all power over every and anything. Rip off the veil, God. Let us see that the distraction is not the answer, but you are the answer. And we thank you and we call it done in your name. Amen. Put this in your toolbox. Pharaoh doesn't win. Pharaoh does not win. Pharaoh loses. Whatever the situation may be, they may be trying to impede your space and impede your peace. They might be barreling down your land. Understand, you weren't put in front of that Red Sea for you to die. You were put there so you can just watch God do what he does best, and that's deliver and save. All you have to do is stand still and believe. Put it in your toolbox. God bless you. Let's keep walking this walk of faith. We will be better. We will get better, and we will push on to see what the end will be. Let's take this journey together. Be blessed.